Why are some meetings energizing and productive, while others, quite frankly, most of them, seem pointless and go on so long, you can hardly find a reason to stay present? Unproductive meetings waste company resources and are a real brain drain. I hear from Michael Hyatt, the author of No Fail Meetings, a book I recommend, that we spend an average of $37 billion a year on meetings. Do you think we're getting the most for our money? Likely not. So let's fix it. By the way, this is a topic I'm covering by request because it's such a big problem. If you are a listener and have an idea for a topic or a challenge that's related to Crazy Busy, email your suggestion to producer at karenbellantoni.com. Today, I'll walk you through the steps you'll need to learn how to never be known as the boring leader who can't run a successful meeting. You're listening to Crazy Busy, the podcast for executives, entrepreneurs, and savvy fast trackers who want to start their week sane and end it that way too. Here's your host, growth strategist, executive coach, and millennial leadership mentor, Karen Bellantoni. It was about the worst thing you could imagine happening in a meeting. To this day, My colleague and I are super close friends, probably because we bonded so much over that meeting. We still laugh and laugh when we think about it. But in the moment, it wasn't funny at all. Imagine hearing a noise as you're presenting, your colleague sitting directly across from you, the CEO of the company you're presenting to is on your left, his two direct reports are on your right, already a problem because I had to keep turning my head to present to everyone. Seating and the way you position yourself is critical, but I didn't know better at that point. And as I turned my head to present to everyone and look at his two direct reports, the CMO and the COO, I could hear this noise coming from my left side. The sound was definitely one of a man snoring pretty loudly. I was afraid to, but my body did it for me. I jerked around to see the CEO fast asleep, young, confused, having never been in that situation before, and having had so much enthusiasm and hope for this meeting, it was all just shattered. I looked first to the colleague across from me who looked shocked and horrified, then to the men next to me, hoping they'd intervene. They almost seemed to be aware of it, as if this had happened before, most likely it did, and it was sort of a game to them to see what I would do next. As I continued speaking to them, as if nothing happened, I realized I needed to turn back to the CEO, and so as I did, I slammed my hand on the table for emphasis in my story. Being Italian-American and using my hands to talk a lot came in real handy that day. It was horrifying. He snorted like, (laughs) and just jumped up. And I spoke to him as if he hadn't been sleeping at all, thinking that was the right thing to do. We wrapped up the meeting shortly after that, 
and broke every rule. You know, the one about not talking until you get into the car or in the parking lot. Never talk about the meeting in the elevator where someone could hear you. We got in the elevator and could not control our laughter. It was nervous giggling at first and then complete and utter shock. Looking back, I feel bad. I mean, that poor man obviously had narcolepsy. But I hope this never happens to you. Unfortunately, the reason your meetings aren't going that well probably isn't narcolepsy. But you might need a diagnosis. Today on the podcast, I'm going to share with you the four basic reasons we are not managing our meetings well and what to do about them, plus some bonus tips. What I want you to do first and foremost is stop and think before the automatic meeting set up. What is your intention? We can't even get to an agenda until we understand why and what do we want to get out of this meeting. Whoever is calling the meeting needs to understand why. What do they need to get out of the meeting? Is it a brainstorming meeting? Is it a client meeting? Is it a save the project meeting where we all know we need to leave with tactical solutions? You need to know what you're meeting for before you can set your agenda. At this point, you may even decide the meeting you were set to call might be an email. It might be a quick video you can send, or it might be an audio file or a voicemail. If you are going to hold a meeting, you need to set up an agenda, and that agenda should include your intention, the reason why you're meeting. Now you can break down what the topics are and what the intended outcome is. It can even help set the mood. Like, do you want a loud, boisterous meeting for generating new ideas? Or do you want a really strategic, focused, break down this project into tasks kind of a meeting? So the more narrow your intention and the more focused you are in your agenda, the more exciting and more powerful the outcome of the meeting is going to be. I'm a big fan of short, focused meetings, but there's many ways to hold a meeting. This podcast will not cover them all. Always start by setting your intention top of mind and even put it on the calendar invite. Then you'll want to keep developing your agenda so you know how you're going to reach your intention. I'm really stressing this because if you're unconscious about why you're setting up a meeting and what you want to get out of it, you're essentially taking time and brain power, money away from the company. It doesn't look good and it doesn't feel good to anyone else to run sloppy meetings. The second part of the agenda is the tactical portion. What will you do when? For example, we're going to spend five minutes going around the room, sharing our favorite breakfast cereal to warm up the room, and another five minutes in groups of four answering a question from the facilitator, and then 10 minutes debriefing with the group around what came up when answering the question, and then finish with 12 minutes for Q&A. And before we leave, each person shares their first two action items, what they're going to do when they leave the meeting, what they've committed to before the next meeting. The point is to have structure without too much control. A good thing you can do in your agenda is separate discussion items from your decision items. 
Some things need to be discussed. Creative brainstorming, ideas for approaching clients, new ways to solve problems in the office, and others are literally things that have to be decided in the meeting. Don't mix the two. Make sure that you're clear with every participant in the meeting what's up for discussion and what's a decision item. If you're discussing something to make a decision, that's a discussion item that's leading to a decision. If you've already made a decision and you're there to disseminate that information and have people take away next steps, that's a decision item. They're very different meetings. We shouldn't confuse them. A second reason your meetings likely aren't managed well is you aren't framing the meeting. This is the part where you let people know in detail how the meeting's going to go. If I'm an employee and I don't know how much longer this is going to go on, I'm much more likely to check out, pulling out my phone underneath the table, or worse. If I'm on a Zoom or a WebEx, I can just literally not be present, especially if it's not a video call. If people don't know what's going to happen, besides checking out, they can just maybe not be on board and not ready for what you're going to do or say next. So if I don't know that the first 10 minutes are the most important because Joe's going to present some key features of a new product and in the next 20 minutes we're all going to discuss them and the last 10 minutes we're going to be doing our takeaways and next steps, I'm not engaged. There's a part of me that doesn't understand the process so I can't follow it and I can't contribute to it as easily as I could if I did understand the process. What's the fix? Make sure there's a framer in every meeting. At the top of every meeting, we need to know what's going to happen, how much time we're going to give each item, and giving people a path to follow to stay on track. The best way to set up a framer is to have them be a junior person who may not feel comfortable speaking in the meeting. By them speaking first and framing the meeting, they're more likely to speak up later. You can engage people ahead of the meeting by sending out the agenda ahead of time. Let people start thinking about what they want to contribute to the meeting or even ask a provoking question and ask them to bring the answer to the meeting. The third reason your meetings may not be working well is that time isn't managed well. We have runovers or we're not keeping the group on track. If you've done the work to set the agenda, make sure you stay on time. It's great to check in 10 minutes before the end of the meeting and let people know if you want to run over. Gain consensus if that's something you want to do. Keep people on track by saying, okay, that 15-minute time frame is up now. Everybody that didn't get a chance to share will be able to send me an email later. It's hard to do. It really is. It's hard to cut people off. It's hard to keep those time commitments. But something's got to give because we've only allowed a certain amount of space and time for the meeting. And if our time commitments fail, we're just going to miss the end part, which is typically when we say, who's going to do what next? And honestly, that's the most important way to end a meeting. Bringing us to the fourth reason meetings aren't managed well. Nobody knows what was actually accomplished. It's the worst when we don't know what we've accomplished because there was no summary at the end reviewing the opportunities that were uncovered, the potential creative ideas that came up, and what's going to happen next. 
reviewing and providing next steps, getting buy-in on those next steps has to be, once again, the most critical part of the meeting. Make sure you put a meeting review plus recap either into the agenda for the last 10 minutes, or if you have someone whose job it is to frame, they can also recap the meeting and send a report out to everyone. This is essential. If you do all those things, your meetings will go much more smoothly. I just wanna leave you with a few more tips. Number one, set ground rules. Meetings need to have ground rules set and communicated. These could be partially set by the company, but they need to be refreshed every so often. Now that you've heard this podcast, you may wanna add some more. Maybe they even go out at the bottom of every meeting agenda for each meeting. Typical ground rules are no laptops, use pads for taking notes. The art and act of writing instills data in people's memory much more securely than typing into the laptop. No phones or not taking phone calls. Some people pass around a basket as folks walk in and have them throw their phones in there. That's right, everybody. Asking people to be present isn't something we should have to do, but in today's multi-focused, multitasking world, we might need to. And just removing the distractions sometimes is enough. As people sit in the meeting and they go to grope for their phone, they'll remember they're not present and they don't have their phone to grab right now. Some more ground rules could be no side conversations, in some meetings, no eating, nothing that distracts us from the focus of getting the job done. Your ground rules can also refer to the energy you want people to bring to meetings. That could be something like a positive solution-focused outlook. Bring your curiosity over judgment. Judgment shames and silences people. But if you don't understand somebody's idea or what they're trying to say, just ask questions. You might have ground rules of not talking over other people or raising your hand versus just speaking or stating how you want to feel by the end of the meeting up at the top and sticking with having people feel that way all through the meeting. You usually find that people want to feel clear and productive and saying that out loud helps the intention stick. Number two, know who your stakeholders are. If critical players aren't there and decisions need to be made, you're wasting time. Think about who needs to be in the room when you set up your agenda. Make sure that they're enrolled before the meeting starts. And don't be afraid to reschedule, cancel, or renegotiate that meeting if you don't have the right people in the room. Finally, if you do one thing, stop thinking that meetings have to fit into a whole 30, 60, or 90-minute segment. Ending them at 47 minutes or 22 minutes allows people to debrief on their tasks, write down next steps, maybe upload some of that information into the computer, into their calendar where they can follow up, and take a bio break, maybe even have a minute to prepare for their next meeting. A lot of companies these days are just stacking their meetings. It doesn't make any sense. For more on this, see my podcast about how to make 2020 your year of perfect vision. In order to be clear, you need to slow down. 
Having shorter meetings is possible when you use some of the tips I've shared with you. If the meetings are more impactful, end earlier, more people are going to be happy. Giving up their phone suddenly won't feel like a burden. When I work with companies consultatively, I get into the details of how they work so that I can address specific problems they're facing in their meetings. Are the junior people too afraid to speak up? Are side conversations happening, causing people to get out of sync with where the whole group is going? I diagnose these on a case-by-case basis and give my clients the coaching and the tools to solve them. Still, a good 70% of your meeting issues can be solved by putting some of the tips I've shared above into practice. Try this for a week and send us a message. You can email us at producer at karenbellantoni.com. I'd love to know how much more productive you feel and include any additional tips you might have. Until next time, leave crazy busy behind and become the leader I know you were meant to be. Thanks for listening to Crazy Busy with Karen Bellantoni. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and look out for the next episode. For more information about working with Karen or bringing her insight to your company, visit karenbellantoni.com.